Welcome to the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of Brian, your host, and his guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested. So please consume at your own risk. Now, here's Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is hopefully the first of a series that I'm doing for parents of gay children. For those that may not know, my daughter, my adult daughter, came out as gay a little over two years ago. And since that time, I've been doing a ton of research and homework in the LGBTQ space to learn about how to be better at navigating this news when a child comes out. And I've met several other people who have come out and it's been a horrible experience with the parents. So this episode or this series that I'm trying to do is for parents and I'm no model of it. My wife and I are no model of of how to do it right, but there are some mistakes we made that we probably shouldn't have. Um, it was new, so we were navigating it as best we knew how. And my guest today is Jake. He is 34 and has just come out to his LDS parents about four months ago, and it is not going very well. So we talk through his the process of him telling them and the subsequent reactions and him trying to build those bridges between his family. And so hopefully we will get a glimpse into the process and see their relationship healed. Again, all fairness to his parents. Uh, I don't name them. We don't name him his last name. It's new to them. They're processing it. It was a surprise to them. He's been struggling with, not struggling with, he's been aware of his lifestyle of his orientation since he was seven or eight years old, according to him. So his parents are naturally adjusting to the news. And it's of course not going as well as he would like, but I think there's progress. I think there's hope. So for all you parents who may have a child who you may suspect or has come out as we learn more and as we know more, we can do better. And I hope that that is the message that you get from this episode and this series. All right, Jake, welcome. Thank you for pouring your soul and heart out um, with this little podcast series we're doing. And for those listening, we're kind of making this up as we go. Um, my, my thought was, Jake, after you told me you came out to your parents, what, three months ago? It's been three months, right? Uh, about that, yeah. Ish. That I wanted to do, I don't know, a series or, or what for LDS parents specifically, but maybe other Christian faiths for their children who come out and how to navigate that. For for those listening, my 
28 year old daughter came out to us probably pushing two years ago. And we probably didn't handle it the best way, the right way. I don't know what those even look like. And I'm no model of, we're no model of how to do it. You know, there's, there, I've, there's books I've read and interviews I've had. Um, but just, you know, just putting out that, putting that out there first, Jake, I want to just talk about how this journey has been for you and we can go as far back as you want when you realized you were gay and then how that's been. And then that since, you know, you, you told your parents and how that's been going. And, and again, um, one more thing that obviously we don't have your parents side of this. We don't have their perspective right now. It's just your story. And then let's just, you take it where you want to take it. I appreciate it, Brian. Um, my name's Jake, and I'm originally from a small town, and uh, I grew up there in a pretty happy home, I would consider, um, with a lot of siblings and a pretty happy childhood. Uh, I knew I was probably gay, probably around the age of eight or 10, somewhere around there. I knew that there was something different. And I, I didn't know necessarily what it was. I just knew that something was different. And the older I got, the more I kind of, I knew what it was, but I just set that aside and tried to push those feelings aside as much as you possibly can in a very religious um, household and religious-based community. Um I do come from a very LDS-based faith family. Um, most of my immediate family, as well as my extended family, are um, LDS. And so it's not something that is really accepted or um, talked about as far as being gay. Um, it's you know people that are, but you don't necessarily really talk about it. And so going forth with that, I knew that um, it was something that I would just have to set aside and kind of deal with and in a lot of ways, pray the gay away. And I, for a long time, I, I did that. And I, I put that aside and tried to do the best that I can or could. I tried going on a mission. Um, I went for about six months and I decided to come home. And and then I continued down uh, the path of uh, leaving the Mormon church and I guess resigning from the church and then eventually acting on some of those gay feelings that um, I had. And now I'm to the point that, like Brian said a couple months ago, um, I decided to tell my parents. Uh, it wasn't something I ever um, thought I would do. It wasn't something that I um, ever saw myself doing. Uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. To this day, I think it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I spent several years trying to run from the problem. I'm gonna call it a problem because in a lot of ways, in my eyes and the church's eyes, it's a problem. It's something that needs to go away. Um, 
so I went away and I tried to move away and I kept moving further south, just trying to distance myself from, you know, family and the thought of being gay. And through a friend of mine, I ended up moving back to Idaho Falls, Idaho. I never thought it was a place I would ever live again. Um, I never thought I would live in Idaho again. Uh, there are way too many bad memories here. Um, and a lot of people I didn't really feel like I ever wanted to see or have a relationship with again, including my parents and family. Because it's easier when you are gay or trying to hide that you are gay, it's easier to distance yourself from them. And when you are gay, you have to, in a lot of ways, be very good at being a chameleon and blending in with your surroundings, the people you're around, um, social norms, social cues. It's really exhausting. And so I never thought I'd move back. Well, a good friend of mine said that I should take a job and it was a really good career opportunity. And I decided to take that and I moved back to Idaho. And so it brought me back to Idaho Falls and I didn't know how I was gonna deal with, I guess, being back in Idaho again and being so close to my parents. I figured quite honestly, I would put it away and uh, be here for six months to a year and get some seniority in the company that I was going to be working for. And then I was going to leave again and I was going to move Arizona somewhere south. That didn't necessarily happen. Um, funny enough, I ended up meeting a guy through a um, social platform, uh, literally 36 hours after moving here. And we started talking and um, met a couple of his friends and we started chatting and, you know, getting together and doing things and um, hanging out and just kind of, I guess, merging back into Idaho Falls and the community and end up finding a group of gay people that I really like and um, have become my support system and my friends. And that led down a path of telling my parents. And I guess this is, I never thought I would meet somebody that, um, I ran away from Idle Falls because I never felt like I could fill. Sorry. I never knew there was a support system in my backyard. I kept running away and moving because I was looking for a community of people that would accept me for me. And funny enough, it was an hour and a half from where I grew up. I met a guy named Jacob. Funny enough, my name's Jacob. And in a matter of literally a couple weeks, he turned into pretty much my best friend. 
it it's pretty crazy how easily it clicked and how it was just like we were old friends and we've known each other for 20 years. I started talking to him and you know, it's it if you're not in the gay community, you're you wouldn't understand it or um really get it, but there's a lot of questions when you meet you know, other gay people or, you know, of, you know, the LGBT community. Um, it's, you know, are you out? Do your parents know? Do your family know? Do your friends know? You know, are you, you know, closeted? Are you open? Um, there's a lot of those questions that usually most, you know, gay people ask other gay people just to kind of set the, I guess, tone or boundaries of respecting, you know, somebody else for, you know, who they are. And I told Jacob, literally, I think the first night that I met him, uh, we went out for drinks with a couple of his friends. And I said, I don't plan on being here for very long or for very long, maybe six months to a year. I don't ever plan on telling my parents, you know, it was, I'm here to, you know, get to know some people and then I'm going to leave as soon as I can transfer with my job. And he said, cool, no worries. And we started hanging out a couple of days after that and, turned into a couple days a week and um we kind of delved into more personal things of um relationships family family dynamics and when he told his parents and how he came out to his parents and we were sitting in the hot tub one night and he said don't make the same mistake that I made and I never was able to tell my dad that I was gay and that really, that really hit me. My plan was to never tell my parents. My plan was to keep that secret until they died. And then maybe eventually decide to confront being gay. And he told me, he says he, he regrets not being able to have that conversation. With his father. And it, with his father. Yeah. His mother knew. Um, he had that conversation with his mother. And I guess on his dad's deathbed, he made the comment that he kind of knew or that his mother told him after that um, he knew, but he always wanted to have that conversation, but never could. So... It got me thinking, and I decided that if I was going to live in Idaho Falls, and I guess progress with living there, um, at this point, uh, I started to meet Jacob and a couple other friends, Fred and Spencer, and Tony, and Randy, and there's a good community of, say, 10 people, and I was like, it started to feel a little bit like home. Like I felt like I had a good support system. And through that, I thought if I'm going to do this and if I'm going to live here, um, which surprisingly I changed my mind and decided that, you know, maybe I should stay here longer for, you know, six months to a year that I needed to tell my parents. And so that kind of set things in motion to tell him and I moved here I think it was August 16th 
And so literally almost two, a month later, uh, September 17th, I decided to tell my parents. And so I asked Jacob if he would go with me and he agreed. And he said that he would, you know, be there to support me. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew it wasn't something that was going to go over very well. And so I needed some, I guess, support and a backup system. And so I guess he was the chosen person uh, that I chose to um, take with me to tell him. So September 17th, uh, which was a Sunday, and I decided to do it on Sunday because I knew that both of them would be home, my parents, um, and that I could be able to tell both of them at the same time. And uh, I told them that I was planning on coming over to get some car parts. I'm a big car guy, and so it was easy to kind of use the ruse of, you know, I'm going to come over, buy some car parts from a guy, and then you know, say hi while I was there. And I ended up showing up and took Jacob with me and we went around Palisades is what it's called. It's a big reservoir. And there was three or four times I said, you know, I can't do this. Can't do this. Let's turn around and go home. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then he said, we, Jacob said, we've made it this far. We're not turning back. And so I said, okay. Uh, I showed up and said hi to my parents. Um, we walked in the door and, uh, my parents were getting ready for church. My brother was getting ready for church and, uh, my dad was in the kitchen, uh, making breakfast and my mom was sitting at the table and my brother was in the bathroom. And I told Jacob, I was like, you know, I'm going to go tell my brother that I'm gay and, um, I'll be right back. And so they, you know, traded pleasantries and talked to each other. And I guess Jacob talked to my mom for a couple minutes and I went and told my brother and um, I was like, Hey bro, you know, I'm here to actually tell mom and dad that, you know, I'm gay and this is your chance to kind of hide or, you know, make yourself scarce if you want to, if not, then, you know, I'm going to tell mom and dad. So, you know, just be aware. And he said, how did, well, how did he, how did he handle it? I guess maybe you're getting to that. Um, it's hard to, my brother's really quiet, very quiet, reserved kid. So you don't really know. Um, I guess I shouldn't call him a kid. He's 26. So he's kind of an adult. Um, but he's very reserved. He's very quiet. He's very, he likes to keep to himself. And he said, well, that's weird. Um, and I said, okay. And he's like, well, what do you want me to say? And I said that you love me and that you expect me and you don't care. And he said, well, you can do whatever you want. It's your life. You can do whatever you want, but it's weird. And I said, okay. To me, that wasn't the re reaction that I was looking for, but I basically told him, I said, okay, you know, I guess make yourself scarce if you'd like. And so I walked in and I said hi to my parents. And um, my mom was sitting at the table and my dad was facing the stove towards the wall um, cooking. And I, I guess I should back up. It's 
Yeah, let me ask you, like, how how prior to this meeting, when was the last mm -hmm. time you'd seen them? Uh, the last time I saw my parents was in April for my niece's baptism, I think it was, what it was. So it, it had been a few months. And so it, it had been a while, and I think we'll eventually get into that, Brian. But um, my parents and I don't have the greatest relationship as is. Um, it has been strained for the last... I would say probably 15 years because I knew it was gay. I have always known I was gay. And as a gay Mormon kid, you can't really tell your parents that unless you want to in ways. I'm going to blatantly well, you up. Was your relationship strained because you, you came back off the mission or was it strained prior to going on the, on the mission? Um, it's always been strained for, for as long as I can remember. It was strained before my mission, uh, because I didn't want to go on a mission and I knew I was lying to myself and I knew that I was gay and I knew that it was wrong to go on a mission and I thought not to go on a mission. And my parents basically gave me an ultimatum of, I, I have to go and there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I have to go there isn't anything other than you're going to go. Um, I have three younger brothers and I was the, you know, setting an example. And if I, I guess out of anything, Brian, I, as much as I have a conflict with my parents, I still respect them and I still, I don't want to disrespect them, but there's been a lot of hurtful things said and including what my dad said was, is, you know, any, you know, anything bad or anything that your brothers do, um, if you don't go on a mission, it's your fault because you're the oldest brother and you're supposed to set an example. And anything that happens, you know, because of that is, you know, on your shoulders. And, you know, which, there was things is, is absolutely goes contrary to, the culture, the gospel of agency. Right. If he's pinning their future choices on your choice now, yeah, that's taking away their agency, which we preach all the time as LDS members. Well, and I, I can understand that they didn't know what to do and they were trying to do the best that they could with a, um, problem child, I guess you could say. I mean, it's, but yeah, it's, uh, I've had a strained relationship with my parents for, I mean, I'm 34 and I've had a strained relationship since I was 19, maybe even before that, because I told them I didn't want to go before even on my mission. And so I, I, I had communication with them, but it was, hi, how are you? You know, it was, you know, I guess pleasantries, I guess, or, you know, it superficial. was the superficial say hello. And then I would, you know, stand in the corner or whatever. And so that's kind of been our relationship for, you know, 15 years. And so I walked in and what I was getting back to is I still respect my parents and I wanted them to hear it from me that I was gay. I didn't want to hear, or I didn't want them to hear from a Facebook post. I didn't want to hear 
from a family member or a sibling. I wanted them to hear it from me. And that was very important that they heard it from me. And that was that was something that I wanted them to hear directly from me. And so that's why I chose, you know, to tell them in person. And so I, I was standing in the kitchen and I said, hey, guys, you know, I respect you as my parents and I'm not looking for approval and I'm not looking for acceptance. I'm just wanting you to hear it from me and not somebody else that I'm gay. And my mom was extremely shocked and um, kind of like the deer in the headlights look of she was just absolutely blown away. Like she, you know, I don't know. I, use whatever example it's she was very shocked and she looked at me and she said well that's not the path that I would have chosen for you and then she um basically said that I could try to be uh, a gay celibate uh Mormon if I tried really hard and she said that you know lots of people do it and that I should just go back to church and that um, she asked me if I was sure that I was gay and she's, she didn't say that she was disappointed, but it was, it was the tone of voice and the way she said things that you knew she was disappointed and it was almost disgust in a way. She, um, I said, I, I, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to, I guess, fight with you about it. I just want to be able to tell you. And she brought up my cousin, which is, um, so my cousin's son is also gay. And she brought up and said, um, well, Connor is also gay, but he doesn't act on it. And, um, you can be like him if you try really hard and just not act on it and be celibate for the rest of your life. And I said, that's not going to happen. And I am acting on it and I have acted on it and I will continue to act on it. And I said, you can either accept it or you will bury your son. And she looked at me as that, that tone of um, like, you can't tell me what to think or do. Um, and that tone of like disappointment was just very apparent. And I started to shake at that point. And I just, I tried to keep it together as best as possible. And uh, Jacob spoke up and, um, you know, he talked about him and his husband and um, how they had to do the same thing with his mother and how hard it was. And that all you need to do is love him or love me and accept me and there's ways that you could move past it and she didn't want to hear that and so I started to shake and he said it was time to go or Jacob said it was time to go and my dad literally stared at the wall and wouldn't acknowledge me wouldn't say anything wouldn't even look at me and so I told Jacob, I said, yeah, I think it's time to go. And my mom said, okay, um, I'll walk you out. And 
looked at my dad and said, are you going to come say bye? And he wouldn't even say anything to her, at least from what I saw. Um, so my mom walked us out and I looked at my mom and I said, I love you guys. And I love you both and tell dad that I love him. And she said, you need to give your dad time and, and you need to give him time. And he might not ever accept it, that I was gay. And I said, okay. And I got in the car and Jacob got in the car with me. And I, <laughs> he started, he, he tried to start my car. And I said, get me the motherfucking hell out of here right now. And it started to fall apart. And it was, in my mind, taking a sweet time. I'm like, get me the goddamn hell out of here right now. And so we finally left. And I completely fell apart for probably a good solid 30 minutes. And it wasn't... Um, it wasn't anger that I was feeling. In a lot of ways, it was relief. In a lot of ways, it was like a burden had been lifted. And that secret that I've been holding on to for 34 years was gone. And I didn't have to hold on to it anymore. And I was able to move on. I don't, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know how, but at that point, I was able to let go of some of that um, secret that I'd been holding on to. And I can't even express the, the emotions, the, um, I mean, it was almost overwhelming. It, it's a it's a day I'll never forget, and it's a day I'll never want to relive ever again. But it was extremely, I guess, gratifying isn't the right word. Freeing. Freeing, yeah. Because you had that burden of hiding it, lifted. Yeah. Um. It was. Yeah, very freeing. It was very, um, I, yeah, it was, it was very freeing. That would be, that would be a good way to explain it. And, um, so yeah, we headed back to Idol Falls and, um, we got back into Idol Falls and I got back to Jacob's house and we ended up going back to his house and his dog Zeus um, ended up meeting me at the door. And it's funny how dogs are able to sense certain things. And um, he just jumped on my lap and wouldn't leave me. And he just kind of. Is that who I hear uh, in the background right now? Yep. He's whining because he knows there's something wrong with me. And he does that every single time. Every time I get like this, maybe it's not something wrong with you. Maybe he just knows you're hurting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a better way. But, um, so yeah, we got back to his house and I ended up crashing for 
I would say probably a good solid six hours. Um, it was to the point that I was dizzy. I was sick. I was emotionally drained. I was, I mean, you name it, the emotions, the, um, I felt like I wanted to throw up. I, I was, I was sick. I, I didn't know what to do. And, and then I ended up crashing for probably five or six hours and then continued on and ended up, I think, I, I don't remember if I went home that night or not. Um, but yeah, it was one of the hardest things I ever have done. And not the way that I would have liked it to have gone. Um, I guess when you are gay or when you have something you want to tell your parents, you would hope that they would accept you for you and they would accept you for who you are, no matter what. And that wasn't the case. They, I don't know, they weren't there to support me at all. And, and I knew that. And that hurt a lot. That really hurt that I didn't feel like I had support at all. And then, so that led me into Monday, which was the next day, September 18th. My mother called me Monday morning and she, I didn't know if I should answer the phone or not. And I decided to, um, and I knew she would be angry, but I didn't know how angry she would be. And so I guess, you know, whenever you have a disagreement or something with your parents, you're always kind of on that defensive side. And so at least with my parents, um, I'm usually on the defensive with them because everything is a, I guess, a negative. It's, um, I don't go to church. I not married. I don't have kids. It's, you know, I'm not a college graduate. I, you know, you're I'm a big gold- fat disappointment. I'm not this. How you're feeling? Yep. It's, you know, why aren't you married yet? Why do you keep screwing around with cars? Why don't you get your life together? Um, When are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? When are you going to go back to school? When are you going to get a better job? It's, you know, that's how our conversations go. It's, you know, it's never a um, conversation of, you know, they ever feel like they're wanting to be engaged with my life. Um, and when they do, it's, it's not the parameters of the Mormon religion. Hi, this is Jake, our broken son. Yes. Yes. And so, um, I answered the phone and she got really defensive right off the bat of, um, the first thing she brought up was, you know, who was that man that you brought to our house uh, that we didn't know? Um, I can't believe you brought somebody into our, our house that we didn't know. You know, I'm, you disrespected us. You weren't considerate of our feelings. The blame game is, and I knew that's how it was going to go. And I knew that there wasn't going to be really necessarily any responsibility on their part. And it was, the biggest thing to me was is you weren't respectful of us and by bringing uh, a friend. Yes. That's how I bring. So by bringing, bringing a friend a, was disrespectful. 
yes. And um, my mother um, said, we've wanted you to come home for years and tell us what's wrong with you. And that's been a common theme for 15 years. It's why don't you come home and, you know, have a conversation of what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You know, why do you have all these problems? Why do you, you know, act out the way you do? You know, what's wrong with you? And even when I got home off of my mission after that six months is, and we can get into that later, but my mother always used to tell me, well, let's get you fixed. Let's get you fixed. Um, because I was broken and, you know, I couldn't complete a mission. So I must be depressed or broken or something's wrong with me. And so my mother was, she used that phrase of, you know, we've wanted you to come home for years and tell us what's wrong with you. And I said, mom, I'm fucking gay. Ta-da. And she said, well, we've wanted you to come home for years and tell you, or uh, for you to tell us what's, you know, what's wrong with you. And I said, mom, this is what's wrong with me. I'm fucking gay. And she still would not accept that is what was wrong with me. Does, and does she still think there's something else? I don't, I honestly, I couldn't tell you, Brian. I don't know. Um, Demonic possession, maybe something. I don't know. Um, and so I was talking to her and she kept turning around to the fact of, you know, this was a conversation between the three of us. I can't believe you brought somebody into our household that we didn't know. Um, you know, we've wanted you to come home for years and tell us what's wrong. Um, I can't believe you did that. You weren't respectful of how us, you know, or how we felt. You ambushed us. You got the result you wanted. You got the outcome you wanted. You wanted to ambush us and you wanted us to be caught off guard um it was oh and then she put me on hold which was great because she put me on hold to answer a business call which i thought was very disrespectful and then she took me off hold and then we continued to talk about um their feelings and how they felt and i said mom this isn't about you this is about me for once in my goddamn life and all you do is have to accept me for me and love me for me and she said i love you but and I said, there's no buts. You either love me or you don't. And she said, well, we need to have time to come to terms with things. And we need to have time to come to terms with this. And you've had, you know, 34 years, because um, that's one thing I told them when I told them that I was gay on Sunday is, you know, I've known for a really long time. I've known for years. And she's like, well, you've known for years. So we need time, you know, to come to terms just like you did. And I said, okay. And she said, but it was really disrespectful in how you did what you did. And then she put me on hold again. And as I was sitting there, I was like, I can't believe you stuck me on hold again. And I said, fuck this shit. And I screamed out into the phone and I hung up the phone. And... Um, she tried to call me back about 20 minutes later and, um, I denied the call and I denied the call and she kept trying to call me back throughout the day and, um, trying to find the text message because it was, let's see. So I said, I'm done. And I hung up the phone. 
And I told her, I said, hey, mom, just want to let you know that I love you guys and I'm okay, but I need a few days to process some things that I'm sure you guys do as well. And she said, thanks and take care. And I said, I need some time and I need, I need some time. And I left it at that. After that, that was probably one of the lowest moments I've had in a really long time. And I decided that I was done and I was going to kill myself. Because if they can't accept it, then there was no point uh, to continue on. And the feeling of being at rock bottom and completely broken was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so I ended up, uh, there's this walkway around uh, Snake River in Idaho Falls. And my buddy, Jacob, he's like, you know, he's like, go walk around the river. He's like, you know, it'd be good for you. And I said, I plan on it. And I already knew. I already, you know, had it all figured out. And um, so I drove down to the river and we were chatting a little bit. And I sent him a picture of where I sitting at the river. And I was contemplating life and decisions. And I ended up, I had a list. And I've had a list for a few years of my, I guess, will or whatever you want to call it of, you know, what I wanted done with some of my things and my, um, I mean, will and testament, I guess is how you would put it. And I was chatting with Jacob a little bit and then I got ready and I shut off my phone and was, um, staring at the river and I don't know how much time went by and I was about ready to do it. And I turned around. I swear to God, that motherfucker was standing right behind me. Um, Jay was there. Yeah. I don't know how he found me, but he did. And he walked up to me and he leaned down next to me and he said, are you okay? I said, no. And he said, why are you answering your phone? And I said, oh, sorry, it must have died. Um, And he said, get your shit together and I'll see you at my house in 10 minutes. And your ass better be there. And he got his truck and he left. And I said, okay. I ended up getting in my car. I went over to their house and um, we were chatting. And he asked me, he's like, you know, why didn't you answer the phone? Or why didn't you respond? And I said, oh, my phone died. And... um 
I don't remember exactly. I think he was mowing the lawn. I think is what he was doing. And um, we just ended up chatting after that. And he's like, you scared the crap out of me. He's like, I wasn't able to get a hold of you. And I said, don't worry. I was like, you know, nothing's wrong. Let alone, I mean, there was, but I didn't want to you were lying him. to him and you knew you were lying to him. Of course yeah. there was something wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, decided not to, um, not to tell him. Um, not to tell him I what don't... you were thinking of doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of, I put that away. And I just, yeah, we kind of continued on like nothing ever happened. And I just kind of decided the, you know, it wasn't worth to tell them, I guess, at least not yet. And I'm a very stubborn person. I am a very private person. Um, I like to keep that stuff to myself, kind of that suffer in silence type of thing. And, you know, I'm usually the support system for people, not the other way around. And so it was, it was kind of weird to um, accept the help and accept that, you know, somebody could actually, you know, be there for me. So I just kind of, put it away like I do everything, you know, everything to do with my mission, being gay, um, you know, telling my parents, I just kind of put it away and just, you know, lock it in a, you know, dark corner and you leave it there. But. Maybe you should check Jay's back and see where the wings come out. Cause it sounds like Jay was an angel that day. Cause he's like, he knew, I think he may, he may have, known what you were thinking of doing i ended up telling him i think it was about a week later two weeks later and all he could say is, is why wouldn't you tell me why wouldn't you tell me and i said i just i didn't know i i guess call it trust um i don't know i i have a hard time trusting people I have a hard time letting people in. I have a hard time, I guess, telling people things, you know, I guess. It's not a one, habit of, it, it was out of care or like, it, it's not a yeah. habit you're used to. Right? No. So that makes sense. It's just not something you're used to doing to anyone. No. No. Even though he understood, all people would understand mm -hmm. to some extent, because he's gay also. And Correct. And plus years down this road further than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why I guess, I mean, I didn't fill you in on that or anything, but you know, um, Jay's been married for 25 something years um, to a fantastic guy named Tony and they get it. Um, and that's what, what I was talking about in the beginning of um finding that community and finding those people that can be there to support you and that 
that understand and that get it. And you can have those conversations of I'm feeling this way or my parents don't understand or how do I tell them or how did you tell them? Unless you have a community, you feel like you're alone. And those are people that get it and they got it. And I didn't know it quite then, but that's what I was looking for. And that's what they've become for me. That, you know, it's, yeah, it, the support system is, I mean, huge. It, it's, I mean, it will, it will make or break you. It's a basic human need. Yeah. To be part of a yeah. tribe and be accepted and loved, cared for. Right. Right. No matter what and that's what they were able to provide. So, yeah, it was, um, it, I don't know. I, it was humbling, I guess, is maybe another way to put it. You know, it was, I'm, ha I'm struggling to even put it into words. Trusting somebody like that with things you've never told anyone or I guess voiced with, you know, somebody else is really hard. And um, it was, I guess, freeing in a way uh, to finally let go of some of those things and to let somebody into some of your thoughts that you're not really supposed to talk about. Sounds like a sacred, kind of a sacred moment, actually. Yeah. And supposed yeah. to talk about, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. So, um, yeah, it was, so I ended up telling him and he was just blown away that I, he's like, well, why do, you don't trust me enough to tell you? And I said, no, I trust you. I just, it was almost a disappointment. It was almost a disappointment on my part of that I didn't feel like I could trust him or I was letting him down. Or I, I guess I'm, a, I'm kind of a sarcastic person. And when things get rough, um, I joke about things. Um, I joke about death. I joke about suicide. I joke about... Um, funny enough on the way over to tell my parents, I was like, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to really, you know, drive this car off that cliff at that point. Um, you know, and it was, you know, and that's why I took him is, is like, you know, if I would have done it by myself, I wouldn't be here. And it's easier to joke about it. And it's that dark humor. And, you know, it, it's, so when I, I decided to, you know, that I was going to do it, it was, or, you know, go through with something that I told them I wouldn't do because that day he told me if I ever got to that point, I needed to call him and I needed to tell him and I didn't. And it was almost disappointment on my side of, um, I let him down and, I'm already a big disappointment as is or how I was feeling. And so what was one more disappointment? So get in line, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, speaking of dark humor, mm-hmm. you owe Jay a big round of beers because now he saved your life twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, May he not so, have to do it again. Right? Well, I probably won't. Um because after that day, I ended up turning on my location services on my phone. Um, so now he's able to track me wherever I go. <laughs> Great. So like another parent nagging at you. In a lot of ways, yes, they've. Um, but Jay love, and Tony have. But a loving parent, which was what you need. Oh yeah, Jay and Tony have, in a in a lot of ways turned into my older brothers or my gay dads or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, mentors. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different metaphors you could use for them, but um, I, I like the, my gay dads. Right. That has, a, has a nicer ring to it. So, but um, they keep me grounded and they keep me humble and they're able to call me out on my bullshit and, you know, give me some stability in a time where, I don't make the wisest choices and I don't think the clearest and I mean, call it manic depressive, call it bipolar, call it, you know, call it whatever you want. I really attribute it to, I'm just going through a really goddamn rough time. And yeah, thank you for saying, I was just going to say that you can put all these other fancy psychological labels on it, but you're just a, young man who's hurting hard and has been for a long time and in pain mm-hmm. clouds your judgment sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So it's um, normal. It's kind of normal. I would say. In a lot of ways it is. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways it is. And um, every day I get it. It gets easier. I'm not going to say it's easy now. I'm not going to say it's it's a walk in the park because it's not. It's um, it's an everyday battle. It's an everyday thing. It's um, you know it's very frustrating at times because it's. It, it, I mean, it's with anything. It's that you know that thought or that you know um memory or um you know you're doing certain things or you certain smells it's you know it constantly reminds you you know certain things and um you know so it i wouldn't say it's easy at this point um it's very raw it's very um it's very emotional it's very painful um, I guess the, you know, stages of grief or would it kind of, um, I guess be what I'm feeling, you know, I was really angry at the beginning. Um, I'm, I would say I'm probably in a state of denial or, um, I'm still angry. I'm still very angry, but I'm also hurt. I'm, I feel lost. Um, 
doesn't matter how old you get, that five-year-old boy that wants to make their parents proud and not disappoint their parents, I don't think ever goes away fully. And right now I feel like a huge disappointment and a disgrace. And um, it's hard. It is, and it's very clear that how much this hurts you. I want to maybe wrap up this episode, Jake. And I yeah. don't want to. And I and I don't want to do this. I don't want to minimize any of the things you told us or the pain you're going through at all. Yeah. But I also want to pride. I, I you know pride myself on trying to be as balanced as possible with yeah. what we're doing here. I don't know your parents. I don't know anything about your family, really, other than what you've told mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, as a parent of also a gay child. Right. And we, you know, we went through similar situation. As a parent, you raise your kids. You have these visions, whether you, whether you vocalize them or not of what you you want them to be or you hope they turn into or hope you know they hope they become great humans and and have their families and you know all these things so you have this vision and this dream of what you, what you think they're gonna that's gonna be and then and what's what happens is with you telling them this and revealing this all that vision of like a mother is now that dream is gone. So in right. essence, they are mourning the loss of what they thought was going to be. Obviously your right. son, you're still there, but right. this life that they thought you were going to have is no longer there as they envisioned it. So right. They, and, and you have been processing this since you were eight. You said you've been, yep. you've known since you're eight. So you've had a lifetime of adjusting to this. Whereas they, right found out three months ago yep. um, and you know, they, they, they do need the time literally almost to the day is hell. And you want them to just like, just, I'm still Jake. I'm still your son. I, and you want that approval. I get it. I'm 55 and there's still things I would love for my dad to be the way to go son kind of thing. Yeah. I may never get that. Right. As I don't know if he can. Right. I've, I've accepted that now, but yeah, you're right. The five-year-old boy is still there. They still want, you still want that. And as yeah. annoying as it is, you still got it. You got to give your parents that time because it's yeah. new to them and the culture, the LDS culture that's, that's taught. That's, you know, your lifestyle style is kind of frowned on and preached against whether it's designed, it's not designed to hurt people, but that's what happens. Right. And I've been in this culture for 28 years. So basically half my life, there was a time when I thought being gay was just an absolute choice, but I've done too much research and met too many people like you that tell me no way. Why would somebody willingly just go, Oh, willy nilly. I just want to have this lifestyle now where the world's going to ostracize me. My family's going to ostracize me. Why would I just willingly do that just for fun? Makes no sense at all. 
Ryan, I can tell you this was not a choice. This was oh, I know. I, I, that... I know it isn't. No one can tell me otherwise anymore. I mean, there may be people that try it as a fad. I don't know. But... I wouldn't. Wor- I wouldn't wish to sell my worst enemy. No. I wouldn't. I. I used to have like the motto, and I think you might have said it to me once before, is I would rather be straight and dead than gay and alive. That is a common theme from everyone that I've talked to in books I've read. And that's horrific to feel that way, that I would rather kill myself than reveal who I really am. Right. I, can't, I can't imagine you. I, I don't know the feelings to be that low to think that, that ending your life is an option. That it's a better option than I, I. I can't. I'm so sorry that 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 you have felt that on more than one occasion, and your story is not uncommon, and it's it's horrifically sad to me. And this is one of the reasons I want to do this this series, whatever this turns out to be. Did you say, you know, parents try harder? I know it's a shock sometimes, but try harder, and it's, it's your kid your kid yeah mm-hmm. they're still your kid yeah yeah i'm still the same me um you know it's it's like when i told my sister she said well you don't look gay or act gay are you sure you're gay <laughs> are you sure and, are you sure and i That's i said thing. no no i'm pretty sure i said do you really think i would screw up my life just for fun and i said no, I'm sure. And she said, are you sure you're not bipolar? And I said, you mean bisexual? And she said, yeah, that one. And I said, no, I think I'm pretty sure. Cause if I wasn't, I wouldn't be telling you. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty, yeah. You're certain you're certain you're not just pretty sure you're certain. And it's yeah. Like... Yeah. Okay. So, um, Let's wrap this one up. Thank you again for listening to The Parish The Thought Show. We know you have many podcast options and appreciate that you have chosen us. If you love what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. If you hate what you hear, only tell us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from The Parish the Thought Show.